0: What is up, everyone? Welcome to Today's News Tonight, episode 69. (laughs) As always, I'm joined by my good friends and GBG co-founders, Ash Paulson in the upper left, Derek Bittner in the upper right, me down on bottom, which has a weird, weird feeling to it today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But before I get too far into sexual innuendo... Uh, this episode of today's news tonight is sponsored by our good friend and ardent supporter and fixer of my audio on occasion, Straight Lace <laughs> and his game, The Soul Device. The Soul Device is a puzzle platformer where the player can create temporary platforms by shooting projectiles onto walls at the cost of HP to explore a Metroidvania-style environment. It's not a tremendously ambitious game, but Straight Lace put a lot of time into its design, and now, thanks to those who have supported the game, Straight Lace is happy to announce that starting April 9th, the game will become free for all to play. Ooh. To thank those who supported the game, those who bought the game prior to April 9th will receive the soundtrack as well. Unfortunately, Straightlace has nothing further to offer those who bought both the game and soundtrack at this time, but it's thanks to the support of those individuals for helping cover the cost of development that Straightlace can now make this change for everyone else. Straightlace again wants to thank everyone for their support and looks forward to sharing the Soul Device with everyone. Thank you all That's so awesome. much uh, for being so be successful. Straightlace and for. Uh, supporting this game. It's the first game I installed on my gaming rig. I still need to finish it, but I, I do enjoy what I've played. I, I love the fact that one of our patrons is also on the game development side of things. It, it's so cool to be able yeah. to uh, see him kind of progress with his skill set. So um, April 9th, check out check out the game. You've got literally no reason left not to so exactly. uh, And of course I
1: did just post the link uh, to both his YouTube channel and the assault device in our live audience chat. And uh, there will also be links, of course, in the description below for you the, those of you watching the VOD version.
0: Nice. Yeah, so cool. with that,
1: man. Uh, actually, got- you know what? I just oh. remembered. Sorry, Steve. I know we have a lot of news to get through, but I do really quickly want to show everybody a surprise really quickly.
0: Oh, that's right. And oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So There's, my
2: mask
0: sample one?
1: came in. I got the pink the one. The blue one, yeah. And I love this thing. So we're one step closer to, to putting these into production. Just wanted to show everybody really quick this is what the blue GVG mask looks like. And, uh, other than the straps being kind of tight, like you said,
2: Derek, I love this thing. I I can see your ears
0: getting pulled. I feel
2: like we got to stretch it out a little bit in order to,
0: I put, I, so I have the black one. Uh, this comes in a Mm -hmm. variety of colors, black, pink, green, blue. Um, I'm still wondering if we, if we should do a rainbow logo version where the logos are actually not desaturated, but this was easier to design in a quick, in in a short amount of time. Um, but uh, we'll be making those available very soon since it sounds like yeah. Ash likes his. But I keep mine in my car, and I ran it through the wash, and it, it fixed kind of the tightness around the ears for me. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, okay, um, nice. And possibly yeah. one with, like, just uh, one big logo in the middle could also work, potentially. If that's what yeah. might, <laughs> people might want We're, we're going to launch
0: knows? with just uh, with just two designs in the shop to begin with. Uh, the, t- the Good Vibes Gaming shirt that you've seen, uh, that also comes in a variety of colors. And the mask. Still waiting for my sample of that. Five or six. Yeah, we're waiting for Ash to get his test fit on the uh, shirt. But once once we've got that done, everything should be a okay. Hopefully. Um, Indeed. Anyway, moving moving on to the news. We've got we've got a few things to discuss. Mainly, uh, the summer of this year it seems. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw our first story up on screen here, so we can talk about it. And that is that uh, the ESA has announced, and I, I don't know, the, the article says that they've U-turned on a proposal to put some content behind a paywall. Um, I don't necessarily think that that is accurate because the ESA themselves are saying, no, we're, we're, not, <laughs> we're not walling off any parts of digital E3 as it is. Um, this was reported on by Andy over at Video Games Chronicle. And uh, definitely seemed to upset the ESA because they just jumped right out there and debunked this as soon as he posted it, um, which I kind of get uh, E3 is doesn't have. Oh, the that's, most stirl- I mean, that's
2: the type of uh, news that will get spread like wildfire, like, oh, my God, really? ESA They're right. doing this. So yeah. they needed to jump on it right away.
1: Yeah, and kind of get that positive PR out there. And and maybe that we can take them at their word and that every part of, of the E3 2021 online experience is going to be free for everybody. But this doesn't necessarily preclude them from later on announcing closer to the show, hey, certain content's going to be behind a paywall. We don't know for sure that they're not going to do that, I guess.
2: I can't imagine them doing that. Yeah, I, I'm sure they need the funds, but... Who would pay for that, and who would want to be behind the paywall? The whole point is to get that information out there. Mm-hmm. It just seems like, even if it was considered, it was a, just a dumb idea that maybe got a little farther than it should have, if it should was have. planned at all. But so, we also know that the ESA makes a lot of dumb decisions, so... I was going <laughs> exactly. to
0: say a paywall would kind of uh, make sense if they were trying to replicate the setup for the physical show, because... Uh, as you guys both well know, but most folks in our audience probably don't. Uh, there are several different types of E3 badges, right? There's, mm, right. Uh, there's your traditional industry badges, like the folks that actually work the show floor. They have like an it, it's called an industry badge. Uh, what the three of us usually get is called a media badge, and that lets us in into the show, you know, and and a little bit early. You know, it, the the, yeah, the benefits of that vary year to year. It feels like these days. Um, but the biggest thing is you get access to the media lounge, which has Wi-Fi and where Derek used to have to live, <laughs> and we <laughs> would, uh, and it would be where you'd retire to to report your stories, and they'd provide like some some basic like drinks like water, juice, tea, um, and occasionally some food that was never very good. <laughs> if you if you can <laughs> like, get there in time, at least yeah, no, that I... too.
2: Media B- right. like, snap those up. Those, those things that not last.
0: <laughs> right. And then right. you have you, you have the gamer badge, I think is what they call it, um, which is, like, it gets you access to the show floor, basically, right? Um, mm. But on top of that, and I didn't even know this existed until two years ago, they have the VIP badge, and that thing costs $1,000. Jeez. Right. And it which basically gives you media-level access, but for a price. And, it, yeah. well, kind of, sort of, like it they end up uh you, you get access to the media or everything but the media lounge so you get in early during the via, during the media hours but they don't let you into the media lounge and the only reason i know that is a friend of mine bought that badge and i was like what is wrong with you why would you do that? yeah
2: that that, that seems like a <laughs> dumb idea like yeah you get an extra hour which might help but there's still a lot of press there
0: yeah the I thing mean, is yeah if you're going to e3 without appointments uh you're you're stuck in hell like you're in lines for everything even if you're in that mm-hmm. early hour because the folks i mean the folks working the show floor also really like video games so typically once the booth is set up they get in line to demo the stuff there they want to see and so by the time the media yeah. hits the floor there's already a line at most of the big name things like you know the year they had breath of the wild uh, mario yeah. odyssey like all those big games have big lines even before oh, they let yeah. people in, <laughs> <So>. and
1: oftentimes at <laughs> some of the smaller uh, publishers and developers, you know the, the lines may be smaller, but they'll let media cut into the front of the line because that's of course you know who needs the highest priority in terms of what they want, who they want to play their games. So yeah, yeah you're essentially paying a thousand bucks to go to I guess you could call it Q three Q three E three because it's 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 LineCon is really what it is, and I get. The allure of going to E three, if you've never been, in terms of the exclusivity and the the pomp and circumstance of it all. And I, to be fair, I am talking as someone who's been to many E threes, but it's not worth a thousand but, bucks to wait. But and yeah, it the, the
2: exciting part of E three, theoretically, is the the conferences and these badges never got you into the conferences. Yep, uh, that's true. Yeah. So that's I mean that when when I think E three, I think of the conferences and then yeah, some demo opportunities there and there. But I think the like it feels like most people sort of kind of check out uh, check out from E3 for the main like discussion of E3 sort of plateaus once it actually starts and the, all the conferences are over cuz no, right. there's no more announcements it's just okay we're seeing what is pl- how it plays now with these demos See my
0: my favorite part of E3 is interviewing people like sitting down mm. with the people that make the games I really enjoy and getting a chance to talk to them I think that is really cool but again you know, getting an E3 badge doesn't buy you that.
1: (laughs) Right. um, Well, and here's the other thing too, is that like, honestly, PAX West and PAX East have, have kind of evolved into shows that are, that are essentially now public facing E3s. Like a a lot of the same, like I've seen year after year, a lot of the same games that will play first at E3, you'll get to play at PAX if you get to go later in the year. So essentially, if you can wait a couple of months um, well PAX East I guess is before E3 each year but PAX West at least has kind of become kind of a mini E3 uh, in terms of playing what was a, a, originally announced at the show
0: mm-hmm. the thing the yeah, thing I find agree. interesting is that I would really like uh, for a digital E3 to happen but I think last year's was a mess like I ended up not even really tuning into it same thing for same. PAX The PAX digital I, don't even think there was a, I didn't a even know disaster. there was a thing I couldn't keep track of what the <laughs> hell was supposed to be going on it was Yeah, yeah. I was invited to it, and I I went, and it was just Zoom meetings, but nobody really had any idea where they were supposed to be, and uh, because it was kind of slapdash, like, you didn't get your traditional emails from developers trying to set up specific meeting times. It was like, oh, hey, pile into this room, and we'll demo something, and I don't know. That's just not the way that I want to experience things like this, and it doesn't necessarily need to be in person, but... I I mean, Ubisoft last year did a great job of demoing games for me remotely. I played a lot of their upcoming lineup from this desk that I'm sitting at right now, and I wish more companies would do that, (laughs) but I also get that Mm -hmm. logistically people are just... They're still coming to grips with how they're going to demo products when people are stuck at home, and I, I don't know what the answer is, but I think that E3 going to a digital model makes sense for this year but I truly truly hope that we go back to physical shows in 2022 because stubborn maybe it's just stubbornness but it is a lot easier to process the information when you are in the (laughs) mindset of I'm here to work that's all I'm doing I'm singularly focused on meeting with people learning about their games and producing coverage and I feel like when you're at home it just falls into yeah I'm still here (laughs) <laughs> doing my daily routine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I can't imagine how a digital E3 would even be. Like maybe the conferences still, which would be, you know, kind of cool and exciting, but I don't even think that's going to be a thing. Cause I feel like, you know, Nintendo, Sony and Microsoft to be like, yeah, we can just do this ourselves. I mean, yeah, no offense E3. to them whatsoever. Like this is not a put down or anything like that, but if wired productions can put that, put on a pretty decent direction themselves, and they're a pretty small publisher. I'm pretty sure not many publishers really need e- the, e- the ESA for their digital event other than maybe the name recognition and maybe getting more eyes on it because of that. Um, so I guess that's the big question. Do- would the ESA hate- allow them to get more eyes oh, on their product?
0: We lose Derek?
1: I think we did. I, I think he dropped out a little bit. Maybe he's just having some internet. The they hacked
0: him. They just don't want him. Yeah, to, uh... <laughs> <laughs> they're listening.
1: They're not, they're not happy with what we're saying. <laughs>
0: hmm. uh, oh, there, you're back. Oh, are you back? There you go.
2: Oh, I'm back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what happened.
0: So uh, I'll I, mark that timestamp down. Totally fine. I I think that what the big what the big takeaway here is that you know I think that they are trying as a stopgap to keep E3 relevant until it can until they can do an in person show. And honestly, right. if I were in the ESA's shoes, I'd probably be like, hey, screw it. We're delaying E3 to December this year, <laughs> if they can. I know that that's, right. a, that's probably a bigger ask because you're relying on lots of publishers to have stuff to show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're also
1: relying on the LACC's availability, essentially. You're kind of at the mercy too. of, yeah.
0: But I don't know. I, I, I think that there's this is not going to be a big thing to report. I think we're going to see that E3 is diminished again this year. And people yeah, are I mean, really going to have a lot to say about this show. but There's a I'd lot of talk about
2: the whole Summer Games Fest, and I couldn't tell you one thing that came out of the Summer, Game, Summer Games Fest.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which, speaking of that, uh, Jenny G in the chat just said Jeff Keighley would be so pissed if they delayed E3 to December, right? Because that would conflict right with the uh, Game Awards. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so... It, it, it's definitely true that E3 needs the big publishers more than the big publishers need E3. And it'll be uh, interesting to see how E3 comes back and what capacity they they come back next year, if they come back in force or if it's it's a diminished in-person show. Uh, you know, it's been, of course, well-documented on my end how I, I kind of still don't really like the ESA for the whole doxing thing, but... It's been, you know, longer since then, and I'm willing to willing to let them turn over a new leaf if they show that they're able to do so. So, mm-hmm. you know, also, yeah, also,
2: apparently, forever, right? according to Fangs, the Wolf, and Rob Mayne, X, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two, and Crash Four were part of the summer game fest. We got that at least. We got that. Okay. There you go. Yeah,
0: but the problem is <laughs> the format in which they presented the Summer Games Fest made it so hard to keep track of what the hell it even was. Yeah, I,
2: I honestly thought yeah. it was just like Activision, like, okay, they're out. Here's the reveal. Not really any part of any kind of show or a, something to that degree. I don't know. There's it's just, just something insane. about it
1: that's not as interesting, having these. these- events be online and and like you steve i got invited to the pax online thing for pax west last year and i bothered not even going or, or or taking the invitation because i had heard from others that it was already just starting off as a shit show and i was
0: just like well it really was what's the point
1: yeah hmm.
0: all right so <sighs> well, we could see. talk a lot about e3 and its future or lack thereof uh but let's talk <laughs> about something that we know is coming in the future another digital event if you will and that is that Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is going to have a Monster Hunter spirit event, which will add Magna Mallow, a Palico, and the Palamute. So, uh, you know, for those of you that don't speak Monster Hunter out there, <laughs> uh, that is a giant dragon uh, and, your, and your partner characters, both the cat and dog that you can ride in the game. Uh, these were announced via the official uh, Japanese Smash Brothers Ultimate account, or Smash Brothers Special, as and- they call it over there. It might right. already
2: be out because Megan Conrad says they already got them.
0: Oh, they right are out. The spirits.
2: Well,
1: the event started at 11 p.m. last night, I believe. So technically, still on April 1st for those of us in um, you know the Pacific Standard Time area. But uh, yeah, so it, it it did start last night very late, and uh, I need to go in and get those because I want to keep my spirit collection at 100. percent I am one of those crazy people who How does do I- have every spirit.
2: So do you have the—oh, have? wait, you used me and Steve to get your Contra and uh, Persona Spirits. Oh,
1: 100%. You? Oh, I'm not saying I got them all <laughs> 100%. Uh, I was going to say, there's like—I don't of, think you yeah.
2: have those, so yeah. you freaking And, and
1: if I didn't have them, I wouldn't have bought the games just for that, of course. I just would have waited until they, they entered the usual—the regular Spirit right. rotation, a
0: couple of updates down the road. Oh, man, you could use my account. I have Monster Hunter. <laughs> get get your spirits. If oh, it was through do that, you get yeah. them also if you just I, have oh, save data on?
1: Don't think so. No.
0: Oh, okay. Because I think this
1: is just when you have to go into the game and, and actually earn them, like oh, spirit gotcha, gotcha, battles. Oh, yeah. gotcha, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, so these are easier to get.
2: The, they last until the seventh, so you have you have some time.
1: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But I I always enjoy that. It's minor content, but I I kind of enjoy going back in to to experience new spirit battles every now and then. I kind of wish there were more, to be honest. Um, But, you know, when they do happen, they're fun.
0: Boy, more spirit battles, more characters. You sound like an unsatisfied Smash fan. Oh, let me be very clear. I am (laughs) Is there any other kind of Smash fan? I was going to (laughs) say. Right? That that means he's not a regular Smash fan.
1: (laughs) I am fully satisfied. If they were to end the game today, I would be sad. I'd be sad, but I'd be satisfied. Satisfied,
0: Jesse Jesse M in the chat says, "There's only one spirit I need, and I hope that it's Kitty Kong." Well, you already <laughs> got Kitty Kong's it. Kong's so already the, part of the yeah, you're good.
2: evolved
0: Dixie Kong spirit. Well, yeah. yeah. My point is, it would the irony of of Kitty Kong facts not having Kitty Kong in Smash would be just <laughs> right. The one spirit deevolution in the whole game. It's like John yeah. is uh, John is somehow keeping him from getting it. Right. <laughs> Battle for the Ages. Yeah. Oh my God. No way. Is is he for real? Oh, he doesn't need to get one hundred percent. Never mind. Okay, so he's yeah, clarifying yeah. he doesn't have them, but that's the one he wants, which is right. very on brand. But I thought you meant you had all the others. Oh, <laughs> that right. Was, that, 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 would the that would be irony of that. Bizarre. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah. Nobody can
2: tame Kitty Kong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is. That is. Uh, that is definitely fitting. I. I understand now, but. Uh, I'm I'm not going to lie. I love you, Jesse, but I secretly kind of want this to be like your white whale that you get every spirit somehow. But Kitty Kong just eludes you. Right. Life's (laughs) life's work. Right. And Jesse also
1: said, hey, now, don't be rude, Ash. You're right. I'm sorry, but I can't help but get my little Kitty Kong digs in where I can because I'm kind of known for that. So I have to. I think it's more John's known for for
0: that. It's on brand for you. Exactly. Exactly all right I, I don't know how to transition to this other than than having a big <laughs> i told you so but i'm gonna throw our next story up on screen and uh this comes from cartridge games on twitter <laughs> and it, the tweet says it all in japan <laughs> and wonder world debuted at just under 2100 copies completely missing the top 30 <laughs> in its first Ooh. week at retail Oh. Did anyone
1: really expect this to sell well, though? Like, if, no, if anyone but did, I want to talk to those people because I'm curious as to their rationale. This for thinking bad,
0: that. though. I yeah, just... I'm. Yeah, I think that the demo, honestly, and I said it before. I think the demo really, really hurt this. Oh game. yeah, <laughs> that demo was a bad and I think a idea. A lot of people who might have otherwise bought it. Yeah, I think a lot of people who might have otherwise purchased the game played the demo, like me. I I really would have bought this right. game, right? Right. And I was I was intrigued. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, I I would have bought
1: it too, and then and, and then you know essentially was like, okay, well I'll still maybe play this, but I'm waiting until like it goes down to ten dollars. Fortunately for for all of you uh, watching, I uh, we Square Enix did come through with a review copy, so I will be reviewing it and. Uh, bringing you the details on how how, how, how is it so
2: is. far ash does it I live mean, up to your
0: saturn era thing far. that you were hopeful for this game war <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, right yeah yeah we'll see we'll see I, i'm i'm looking forward to in a weird way i'm looking forward to to the weirdness and the and the jank we'll, we'll see how it goes but i know it's going to be a mess
0: yeah i feel i feel like derek's internet today is powered by by balance wonder by balance yeah Bal- <laughs> balance himself is powering derek's internet today I delivered these Discord packets for you, but I'm too busy dancing like a creep. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) I just, like, I really can't believe that they, in good faith, released that demo thinking it was going to attract more people to the game or keep hype up, bring in new customers. I just... Did they not play it before they released it? I just don't get it. How did that happen?
0: I I, I do (sighs) I have no idea. Like I said, I always smirk when I think about the fact that every bad game had a team of people behind it, and one person at the top who was like, ship it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's ready to go. It won't get better
1: than this. Right. And, and like, to, you know, to be fair, like, you know, it, it's easy to dunk on, on Balan, and, you know, it's certainly a mess, but we don't delight in, in it being bad. You know, nobody sets out to make a bad game, and there are, you know, presumably tens of people who, you know, maybe even over a hundred. Who knows how big the dev team on this uh, game was? But, you know, there are lots of people who put a lot of time of their lives into this game, and, and nobody tries to go out and make a bad game. So, as funny as this whole thing is, I do feel bad for the dev team. Right? And and I mean the people under, you know, now to Oshima and, and Yuji Naka. You know, like, I'm talking about the devs in the trenches i feel bad for him well
2: i think that's the question big question it's... here D- does yuji naka have a career after this oh man because
0: who trusts him he i think yuji naka gonna be i think yuji naka is gonna be okay i think that mm-hmm. i mean you are right though it, it you, one does have to wonder how long do you coast on your mid-90s success right right uh because he did produce, you know, some of the most memorable games of that era. Um, hell, I mean, he made what is in my top... I- I'm going to be a little pessimistic and say five, top five <laughs> favorite games of all time in Fantasy Star Online. It's one of my favorite games ever made. Um, mm-hmm. The original Fantasy Star, he programmed. And I think I think what people forget is that Yuji Naka is an incredibly talented programmer who somehow became the face of a major franchise because mm-hmm. he didn't design mm-hmm. Sonic. He didn't, he, he programmed it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that is a far cry from being, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto or Eiji Awanuma even, or Hideo right. Kojima as loath as I am to, to give that <laughs> man credit for anything. Cause he definitely it's... doesn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a different
1: version of the situation surrounding Keiji Inafune, right? Like he's he's more of a businessman than he is an actual developer. Yet he's some, you know, he all, he did become the face of the Mega Man franchise, even though he's not the character's actual creator. And so that kind of blew up in his face and a lot of fans' faces when Mighty Number no. Nine happened. So it's a bit similar to that story, it's just kind of from a different angle.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I think it should be a lesson in. Uh basking in the limelight and then letting that go to your head uh, because I think yeah. Naka Naka could probably still do amazing stuff if he just stuck to what he is best at um, which I think is letting someone else design a game and just being the technical person that, that pulls that together into something incredible I think that when mm-hmm. he is tasked with directing uh, he definitely doesn't do nearly as well I think he needs mm-hmm. someone to kind of rein him in and give him a direction to work in um, Agreed. and hopefully Seems we see like that it. hopefully we see him paired with an incredibly talented director where his god tier programming knowledge can can uh help pull off something amazing I mean you know I I I can't help but think of like uh you know I would love to see him with hell Aonuma or Miyamoto telling him what to do <laughs> you know I think that mm, yeah he, he would be right at home at Nintendo as long as they didn't let him punch above his weight <laughs> and I think that Nintendo is one of the few places on Earth that has talent of high enough of a caliber to be able to tell Yuji Naka, like, yeah, sit down. You know, the, uh-huh. the big boys are talking. We'll, <laughs> we'll we'll handle this part. What the heck does he do at Square I at would this be... point? Dude, I uh, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I feel oh, like Balan oh, Wonderworld was was a one-shot kind of deal, and and he'll be lucky if they let him helm another project or if he's yeah. even there long enough to do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I really would be, you know, speaking to that point, I whether they let him do something like this again or not, I would be really curious to ultimately know how much uh, money Battle Wonder Wonderworld makes at retail, uh, you know, against its development costs. I really want to know how much this game costs to make. Because, you know, one of the things you can say about it is that the full motion videos, as weird as they are, they're well produced, they're beautiful to look at, like the, the the production values are way up there for those videos. So, you know, and, and, and FMVs aren't cheap to make and animate, so I, I just really would love to know how much this game costs to make.
0: I, I Me too. I, I bet it's higher budget than most people think. Although, I yeah, do want I I do do so to point out one thing, because we were talking about where, where Yuji Naka's career goes, and I do have my dream scenario, <laughs> and that is that he just goes back to Sega <laughs> and <laughs> starts working on Sonic games. Like, could you imagine the hype if Sonic oh, team yeah. got put back together with Naka in it. I mean, that would hell, I mean you know, after right? after Wonder World, I don't know if it'd be hyped or not, maybe. or just like, oh god, That's poor Sonic just, just can't catch a break. Put him... <laughs> yeah. There's there's yeah. It, it would either be the best or the worst thing that ever happened to Sonic, but <laughs> I, I'll give him the benefit yeah. of the doubt. If it was a mania style game, he really didn't miss with two D Sonic. Mm-hmm. So I would right. I would be happy to have him and Christian Whitehead working together to make a Mania Two. Right. I, I just want cool. a Mania Two though. If, if it was developed guess, by yeah, the hamburger, I'd still buy it.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, it, Juan brings up a good point in the chat, asking why does it cost sixty dollars? And and I'd, I don't like to get too deep into discussions about you know a game's relative value because value means so many different things to so many different people. But I do think that this the sixty dollars price point for this game was a mistake. I think they could have at least eked out a few more sales at a forty dollars price point. I mean, hell, Sonic Forces was forty bucks when it came out. I think. I mean, and that's heck. Sonic, uh, so
2: Sonic and All Stars Racing yeah, Transformed was forty dollars when, th- when it came out. Especially for
1: an unproven IP and and with such a bad demo, the sixty dollars price point was just one one of the many death knells for this game.
0: Yeah, I agree. Any anyway, we we do have kind of a well. Uh. It's, it's tangential at best. But before we move <laughs> to these new... I have two pieces of breaking news for us today. Ooh! Okay. Uh, first off, uh, Humble Jojo has edited their pledge from $1 to 5 bringing them into our live audience tier. So I don't know nice. if you're in the show today, Humble Jojo. That's just the name I have for you on Patreon. Uh, thank you so much for your generosity. We hope to see you here thank live you. for TNT whenever you can make it. And uh, secondly... Yes. We have uh, DJ Jersic joining the uh, producer tier, upping their pledge nice. from five dollars to ten. So uh, I don't know if you're in the audience either, DJ. But thank you so much for your contribution. You will see your name in the credits of tonight's episode. Uh, we appreciate Sweet. You so so. That's awesome. Thank you both
1: so much for your for your generous support, and we really 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 appreciate you.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Heck yes! All right, absolutely. Mo- moving on. So this is kind of an interesting one. A scrapped proposal for the Topio, Tokyo, Tokyo, Tokyo Olympics <laughs> included an appearance from Mario. Which, okay, that's you know Mario has has appeared in Olympic-related materials in the past, uh, but this was specifically eight-bit Mario. Uh, it says that uh, when to- Tokyo set to host the Olympics, and there was a three hundred-page proposal. And it was shown that uh, ultimately an eight bit Mario was supposed to have closed out the, uh, the Olympics, which that would have been an interesting thing to see. As we all know, the Tokyo Olympics didn't happen. <laughs> so I don't, yeah,
2: it's a yeah. shame. Cause and, there's like a yeah. lot of cool things that they seem to have planned for it. Apparently he was going to show up in his uh, swim trunks from, uh, Odyssey just in his eight bit form. And it was going to be some sort of synchronized swim number going on, uh, uh, I don't know, to close up the ceremony. It looked really interesting. It, it, it feels like a, a major shame that Tokyo didn't get to do these games because there's a lot of cool things they seem to be doing with it.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's a shame. It seems like it would have been really fun. And, uh, you know, to see 8-bit swimsuit Mario somehow in sync with synchronized <laughs> swimmers, I don't know really what that would have looked like. And I'm having a hard time imagining it, but I know I would have enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I, I think that so do we know first off before i continue do we know if the tokyo olympics were rescheduled and they're going to happen at some because i mean the com- the country know. had to invest millions upon millions of dollars to prepare for this
1: yeah i'm not sure i'm looking it up right now i don't know if it's if they've been rescheduled or out and out canceled i don't uh, right now oh no that's 2020 uh, okay. On oh. Friday, Japan's Prime Minister, Yoshihide Suga, promised to deliver hope and courage to the world by hosting the Olympic Games despite fears that the event, scheduled to run from July 23rd to August 8th, 2021, may be oh, canceled nice. due to the coronavirus pandemic. So if that's – this is apparently, from com.
2: Apparently, according to the chat, uh, no overseas fans are allowed. It's only going to have a Japanese audience, which kind of kills sense. the turiz- tourism that a lot of Olympics things bring. So mm-hmm. – uh,
0: yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate, which I guess would make sense if they scaled back their plans for a grandiose kind of, you know, they're just, yeah. it's at a high school track. They're like, just run fast. <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> this this is terrible, but instead of um, Swimsuit Mario, we're now getting Dr. Mario.
1: <laughs> oh, God. It's awful. Awful. <laughs> it's Sorry. terrible, and you should feel oh, terrible. No, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I mean, and it makes sense that it's not open to overseas Attendees. I mean, it's a shame, especially given the multinational and international uh, nature of the Olympics. But at the yeah. same time, how do you sell that to Japan's population? Right? Like, how do you sell? Yeah, we're we're still going to let people come and potentially bring different strains of coronavirus
0: into the country. You can't sell that. Yeah, and nor nor should they try. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's the right move for the people of Japan and and for all the people visiting. I mean, because. You know, one one bad apple spoils the bunch, as they say. Um, mm-hmm. But man, yeah. it is uh, it is really unfortunate because I was I remember when this was announced and they had uh, didn't they have Mario in the announcement video for it?
2: They they did. Heck, yeah. there was already, the Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games twenty twenty is already out. It's been out for how long? Yeah. I think two years now. So that's a weird moment in history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Spoiler alert: Shadow the Hedgehog takes the gold. Um, (laughs) I already played story mode. I know how this ends. uh, There's that damn fourth gold medal. (laughs) Yeah, it's a shame. I'm glad they're still doing it. I wish that I would be able to, even though I wouldn't, I'm I'm just going to be real. Even though I wouldn't, I I wish I could have the option to attend. I mean, but if I'm making one trip to Japan, it's to go to USJ. It's not to go to the Olympics. Well, I mean, that's the whole reason they wanted to get USJ
2: ready to go, because... Yeah. Everybody here for the Olympics and, you know, definitely stop over Universal.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think Universal will be fine. I don't think the Olympics will be as cool as it could have been otherwise. But eh, what do you do? I'll watch it on TV. I'll see. I mean, hopefully they'll still have yeah. some kind of inclusion of Mario or, or other stuff, you know, from the country. Because they seemed Just... like they were really going to lean into the fact that Japan has a rich culture that includes video games. And I Mm -hmm. really would have loved to see them fully embrace that. I'm hoping that this uh, proposal doesn't mean that they're just going, you know, as low budget as possible. And hopefully we'll still see some of that cool stuff. But all right. I can live without Mm -hmm. a good Mario. I mean, if it means people staying happy, healthy and safe, then go ahead. Get rid of them. It's fine. (laughs) <laughs> He's not yeah. even going to wear a shirt anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, as a few people in the chat are pointing out, let's all extend a warm welcome to the usual L.A. siren cameo that just happened on my end. Uh, they might be coming to fix Derek's internet. Who knows? But, uh, yeah. That's... <laughs> you
2: guys have all ran fine for me, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, weird. It's,
1: yeah, it's, you know what it happens. Weird. I know mine, mine crapped out one of these recordings just randomly, so yeah. it happens.
0: I've been I've been lucky. During the day my internet has dropped like two or three times this week for about 20, 30 minutes each. Even last night, I was I was getting ready to go to bed, so I didn't care, but my phone suddenly popped up, and it's like, hey, your wi fi is not working. It's like, oh, well, <laughs> I'll <do> it <laughs> uh, tomorrow. will fix it in the morning. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that it hasn't dropped out during TNT, but yeah, it's yeah. it happens. ISPs are terrible. We don't have many choices in America. What else is new? Indeed. Speaking of, I I don't have a segue for this. Speaking of nothing, let's go ahead and (laughs) throw this next story up on screen because there's no way I could elegantly segue into this. And that story is that PlayStation Studios is kind of bringing a game to Xbox Game Pass. And if you guessed it was Major League Baseball, you were right. MLB (laughs) The Show 21 uh, is being published on Xbox. And while the headline would lead you to believe that Sony is publishing it, that's not true. Sony Mm -hmm. is publishing the game on PlayStation platforms, which, again, makes a lot of sense. MLB, or Major League Baseball, is publishing the game on every other platform again makes a lot of sense uh so the headline is really more major league baseball is bringing a game to to xbox game pass which when you read it that way isn't quite the revelation a lot of people think it is uh but it is still cool that there is a game Mm -hmm. i mean it's still developed by sony so sony is i mean imagine for a moment you know switch and uh xbox development kits in a Sony first-party development studio office. Because they're there. <laughs> right. That is weird I mean, to think about. It is weird to think that there are folks that signed up for jobs as PlayStation game testers who were then assigned to an Xbox game. I mean, that's, that's kind of not what most folks applying for that job expected, I imagine. <laughs> right.
1: So, and I can't help but wonder, like, how involved Sony was in any of this. I, I can't help but wonder if they tried to stop this from happening only because Sony, as we know, historically has been so closed to the idea of cross-platform play and embracing their competition as opposed to just competing with Microsoft and Nintendo, whereas Nintendo and Microsoft are obviously very open to working together, and Sony just so isn't. So I wonder if they tried and just failed to to kind of stop this from being the situation. Just speculation. I can't help. Oh, it
2: it's hard to say that the, the- interesting thing here the other interesting thing is this is the first time mlb the show has been available on any other platform ever it's always been sony exclusive oh right it is about
0: that it is a franchise that was created by sony but obviously mlb owns the license so i imagine i imagine that sony definitely pushed back on this that they were like hey look we'll give you an absurd amount of money to please not do this. (laughs) And (laughs) I mean, but the problem, well, it's not a problem, but if you're from the perspective of major league baseball, you're like, yeah, can you afford to make up for all the sales we would get on competing platforms? (laughs) Like, are you going to pay us that much? And I'm sure that it reached a point where Sony tried to moneyball the whole thing. And eventually they were like, we cannot afford (laughs) to (laughs) to pay MLB what they want. And so MLB was like, I we I, I'm sure that it came down to you guys can make this game for other platforms or we can pull our business Uh huh. and someone else will pay us a whole hell of a lot more to make this same game on another platform. So you guys can be the exclusive rights holder or and make it on other platforms or we could just let someone else be that person.
1: <laughs> right. That's yeah, what I, I imagine mean, happened as well.
0: Yeah. Definitely. There's no way that Sony was just like this seems like a great idea and we would love to lose this exclusive. I mean, yeah, I mean, baseball fans have been diehard PlayStation players for decades because of MLB the show. I know people who buy PlayStations for this franchise and now wow. they suddenly have a choice
2: They right. can say, oh, well,
0: <laughs> I want to pick it up on the switch, which I don't know why you would do that. But uh, <laughs> I want to pick it up on the switch so I can play playing the ball. Sure. <laughs> fuck it
1: (laughs) well that's fine (laughs) and unfortunately this also highlights in a bad way well not unfortunately unfortunately for sony this highlights in a bad way for them the immense value that xbox game pass holds next to playstation because you know this is this game is still going to be 60 to 70 bucks on playstation platforms where whereas it's coming to to game pass on day one on xbox so Mm -hmm. it just kind of really really puts that into a stark light and uh Yeah, I can't imagine Sony's too happy about it, but like you said, Steve, I doubt they had a choice.
0: Um, Oh, go ahead. Putting this on Game Pass, this is like the pettiest thing I think Microsoft has ever done. Right? (laughs) Yeah, it really is. We're gonna spend all the money to put this on Game Pass to send a, in, a middle finger to the developer of the game. <laughs> which... It's like
1: maximum petty.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Jesse says now Microsoft can return the favor by making a new banjo game for all consoles. Don't we oh. all wish that? And Dan and Twistle very cleverly says Major Nelson League Baseball. I love that. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's great. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, my I, I think this is a good move. I think it's nice that it you makes know, sense. I'm not I'm not a baseball fan. I, I don't yeah. give two shits about baseball. I'm not gonna buy Same. this game. I'm yeah. not gonna play this game. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. download it for free on Game Pass, because it's just not something <laughs> I have any interest in. Yeah. But I I love the fact because I've always thought that sports licensing in video games is terrible. I mean, telling fans of a specific sport, because that's such a broad thing that hey, you mm-hmm. have to play baseball on PlayStation, you have zero options that that always rubbed me the wrong way because it's not like Mario or Zelda or Halo or Horizon. Sony didn't invent right. baseball, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, yeah. but they somehow had the market cornered on it forever um, because you know baseball fans don't want to play as generic made-up characters. They want to play as their favorite athletes, which I, I guess that's cool. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't do anything for me. If you told me. I could play as made-up characters or real people. I'd be like, I don't care. Give me whichever. <laughs> I, well, right. It, it's right. fascinating
2: to see this because it, it's so many of these franchises only have the one game every year now and now. I spent because there used to be a lot more competition back in the day, and it was even though I didn't play any of these games or uh, ever intend to? I still read the articles in the old gaming magazines where it was yeah. where they had their sports guys, the people that were into these sports games, specifically like with the NFL games, where they were com- they would compare Madden versus the 2K series. And it was always just a like a one-upsmanship there. They seemed to keep both titles really on their game and continue to just really push each other forward. And then everything I've heard just through the grapevine since that point when it was just maddened at this, uh, you know, at, at, in some year uh it seems like it's stagnated where they've barely, like they've barely updated like roster updates and that's it. So oh yeah. I mean, people like a competition being, is a you know Everything
0: being a roster update and and some diehards will go back and defend that practice. Like, Oh, Hey, you know, they add X, Y, and Z, you know, it's like smash smash people talking about changes to the meta or whatever and yeah um, i get it there are definitely subtle differences but it was revealed that at least on the wii for like several years ea just pumped out roster updates i that remember there was that. literally yeah. zero changes to the code of the actual underlying game they just subbed in new characters yeah and i'm like god oh. damn that is ridiculous <laughs> but yeah i think that i think that it's cool for for baseball fans to have choice as uh somebody in the chat mentioned I can't quite keep up with it. RBI Baseball is on other consoles. Oh, it was Jared ettinger Um, but I've heard RBI Baseball is really terrible. <laughs> I've heard it's like I've not heard even that remotely as well. close to good. I mean, yeah I think they should just cut the shit and start calling them just generic names like Baseball 2021, Football 2021. <laughs> There's only one game. Um Anyway, I could I could go um, off about this, but it is good news at least. In response
1: to our shared disinterest in baseball, our resident pun master Azran said in the chat, "This is episode sixty-nine. I think we can care a bit more about bases and balls." I just had to say that. It's really I mean,
0: good. Third base. I, I don't want to go anywhere with balls anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I'll, I'll leave balls alone for this episode. <laughs> All right. Let's let's move on to some (laughs) other decidedly good news. Uh, One one that's more interesting to the three of us, and that is that we have some details on Final Fantasy XIV for the PlayStation Five. According to Nibel on Twitter, it will boast an improved frame rate, 4K resolution, faster loading times, which surprise, uh, 3D audio, and haptic feedback, which I am excited for, even though I've never played Final Fantasy XIV. But most importantly, at least to Derek, the open beta will be available on April thirteenth with the release of Patch five point five, or at least that's holds true for Japan. Which means that Derek may no longer be alone in Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh
2: no, uh, I got plenty of people to play with in fourteen. I'm just excited to get you guys in this thing because. And yeah. the thing is, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to take advantage of the PlayStation five version. I have the PC version. Amy's the one that that plays off the PlayStation four. And with this beta, she'll be able to take advantage of that and uh, see the updates. Like, I showed her a few videos from their producer video, uh, producer presentation they had today. And yeah, like, it already had better load times on the PS5 compared to the Pro, but it's so lightning quick to teleport now uh, in the PS5 version. And I'm very curious what, where, where they're going to put that haptic feedback at. Like, I can assume, like, with the crazy spell effects uh and things like that but uh this is a for the those who actually have gotten a chance to actually get a hold of a PS5 this is a good place to pop in uh it yeah. plays very well the only thing i'd recommend if you have the ability get a keyboard hooked up to the uh ps <laughs> to your playstation so you can talk to people if you so if you plan on that you don't have to Right. But it does what? help if you want to do that sort of thing. Does, that way you does, don't have to use the
0: in-game keyboard. Does 14 not support like proximity-based voice chat? Not that I've heard of. I've
1: been aware it really of. I assumed it did. That's kind of yeah, too bad. Because like, I know that... I maybe, not have to deal with a keyboard if I can help it, but you know, if I have man, to, I have and to. And
0: I don't know if either of y'all have been playing multiplayer games on the PS5. But god damn, it is so nice to have the microphone built into the controller. I thought I would hate it. I really thought I would hate (laughs) it. But every Thursday, um, my friend and I get together and we play games, usually on PS5. And it's like just having someone on speakerphone. Like, it's it's so convenient to not have to wear a headset, not have to have a microphone, just be able to talk. And I don't have to, like, you know, be close to the controller. I can just treat it like my phone's laying on my bed. Mm-hmm. Do you know if that works with like a group of people? That, like, say one of them has a
1: PS5, the other has a PS4 Pro. Like, does that still work? Or it does. Like, it does. Okay, yeah, nice. absolutely. Yeah. So, nice. I mean, That's for
0: awesome. PS4 players, obviously, you know, they they have to be wearing the whole setup, but uh, you can you, you can, can participate in cross console voice chat with just your controller. That's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. Real, real well, quick to answer some question from me,
2: one. All
1: of these you know uh, features and additions and stuff <clears> just makes me so happy that I waited for the PS5 version of FF14. F- Not to say that it wasn't great before the PS5 version. I've only heard amazing things about the game, but as a new player who is going to jump in soon, I'm just glad that I get to experience all these PS5 mm. benefits and I do hope that we can maybe Square will extend extend us a couple of beta invites, Steve. I hope they do. We'll I mean, yeah. it's
2: it's an open beta, so you should be able to get in, into it. And re- and real quick, just for to answer Juan's question, even though I, th- I think the chat already answered it, but just for anybody else who was curious about this, you do not need a PS Plus subscription <laughs> to do this. <laughs> and then goes I love you goes dead.
0: No one, no one heard you. Mm. Yeah. Juan's,
2: Juan's yeah, question you went dead went there for a
0: second.
2: You do not need a PS Plus subscription. Are
0: you back? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I heard it. it. Just, just for those of you that didn't catch it, you do not need a PS Plus subscription to play Final Fantasy XIV. But just the right. timing with which Derek's internet cut out was—it was perfect, perfect. I, yeah, I
2: hear you guys just fine. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. So... You guys are not cutting out whatsoever. <laughs> That's so
0: weird. That is really, really weird. Yeah, it, it's, uh. it's bizarre. <laughs> anyway, that,
2: anyway. I'm excited for you guys to, find, to check out this game. It, I will say it has it can feel a little slow at times, but the more you get into it, uh, the story does ca- kind of catch on and build up and um, get interesting. So you kind of have to stick with it. But I think there's sure. enough around it that you can kind of get invested, especially have some people to play with. And once you guys are doing dungeons and whatnot, I can join in and help you out and all that stuff. So it'll, it'll be all good time.
1: I'm looking forward to it. And we can all certainly you know, we can we can stream our shared experiences on the channel and, and that'll be a lot of fun, I think.
2: Actually yeah. speaking of, I, I posted a video on the channel but just to have another little thing there. I will be uh streaming Final Fantasy fourteen tomorrow or I guess when this goes live for uh on you know, for everybody else. Uh today, later today, uh to celebrate uh Amy's birthday. She is a uh she's become a huge fan of fourteen and um not really possible to do a birthday party in this uh, in a ton of environments. So with her being yeah. s- uh, such a big fan of fourteen now, I'm ho- giving hosting her a birthday party in the game, and that'll start at six p.m. Eastern. Uh, I am also very close to the end of um, the main story of Realm Reborn. So basically, two There's still two point one through two point five to get to before I get to the next expansion. But I do want to, um, but I to end off the. I guess main portion of the original game, I will be streaming that as well, which uh, a yes. lot of people are probably familiar with because uh, you need, there's a special event going on right now where you get special tomes that get unique or hard to find um, mounts and minions and stuff like that, and to get to earn enough, you have to the best way to earn it is to run this dungeon that I'm going to be doing over and over again. <laughs> Amy's been doing about mm. once a day, and it's, it takes about forty five minutes thanks to cutscenes, which are unskippable.
0: Wow. Well, well unskippable. Well, wow. The reason they chose
2: not to skip them is okay. They're not skippable, for, uh but you know, obviously you're, you're a first time player getting into this cutscene, and you want to experience the story. So hmm. everybody else who's already played it skips the cutscene, and all of a sudden you get to the next one. They've already killed the boss, right? Or Skipping whatever head. Yeah, you. They have. They have to make it unskippable. I'm Otherwise, they did that in that context. Yeah. Yeah. Other cutscenes are definitely skippable yeah, in the game, but I, this, I, I this I one you have to. Sense,
0: but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to jump into Final Fantasy XIV to find out what it's all about and to uh, see how it looks and runs on PS5 because it's an older game. So I'm excited to see what type of enhancements they This made.
2: game was available on the PS3.
0: Yeah, that's, that's wild. That's wild. I mean, to be fair, yeah. though, I mean, Grand Theft Auto V is the same. <laughs> it's coming out. I guess PS that's true. This year, I guess. And it started on the PS3 and Xbox 360. Who knows? God, I didn't think about that. That's true. That is wild. When a game is successful, man, it's successful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) These publishers aren't even hiding it anymore. They're like, yeah, just keep milking it. We'll figure something else out later. (laughs) (laughs) Right,
1: right. Yeah, I'm. I too am excited to jump in, and I'm really excited to to finally hear all this incredible music I've heard from the Mm -hmm. soundtrack in the context of the game. Like I, and I know some of the really really cool remixes aren't until like the later expansions. I get that, but even the base FF14 soundtrack, from what I've heard, is
0: really good. Ash Paulson, are you saying that you have engaged in music spoilers?
1: I for fourteen, I did uh, only because I. I well, for two reasons. One, they, some of them were Theater Rhythm DLC, uh, Theater Rhythm Curtain Call DLC, and there's no way I wasn't going to play that. And two, <laughs> most of what I've listened to are rearrangements of classic Final Fantasy themes, just because I'm so curious. Right. Um, I haven't listened to a lot of the original music in the game. And,
2: uh, okay. and for the base game, um, all the music's done by Uematsu, and Ooh, he gets one song right. per expansion. That's so, awesome. I love it. There is there is that. Uh. And yeah, the remixes are great. I was flipping out when I started hearing uh Battle at the Big Bridge.
0: Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, I bet. Nice. All right, folks. Well, with that, we have covered all of today's news. Episode 69 of TNT is in the bag. <laughs> Woo! Yay. This is normally where I yeah. tell our guests nice. to promote themselves, but uh, I think we're all from the same place, so it's fine.
2: <laughs> I was hoping to try I was hoping to try to get Amy for the guest for this one since it was her birthday just what yeah, it's hard get, with a kid
0: can we get a happy birthday to amy in the chat yeah there we go
1: yeah and and a happy birthday from all of us to amy just so it's it's immortalized in the episode happy birthday amy
0: yeah indeed happy happy birthday to a, a foundational member of the gvg crew because without her indeed derek would be a fucking mess yes <laughs> <laughs> yes i would be <laughs>
2: I, 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 every so often I hear people like they haven't seen me in a while, uh, see my, see how I am now. And like, man, how'd you lose all that weight? Tell me your secret, Amy. <laughs> just <laughs> right. Yep. Just Amy.
0: Oh. all right, yeah. folks. So before, before we fully sign off, y'all know what's going to happen. We have to give a thank you to our patrons at every tier. Uh, We appreciate all of you, your generosity so much. Welcome to our new producer. Uh, Welcome to our new live audience member. We appreciate you guys upping your pledges, supporting us in the way that you do. None of this would be possible without y'all. But we do have to give a special thanks to our patrons at the producer tier for helping to make this show happen. In addition a massive thank you to our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. Y'all are the linchpin that keeps us going sometimes, trust me. And uh, I will (laughs) never be uh, too tired to read this list of names. Those fine folks are Jared Edinger, Brandon Bovia, Rob R-Man X, Dan and Twistle, Z-Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Floating Mew Aiko Carroll, Christopher The D-Pad Vesmio Waffle King Nick Waterman Kitty Kong Facts Angel Martinez Bedron Hotik Macalau, John Joshua Hunter Evernight Studio Benny Yao Shadow the Cat Azran127 Kenrule09 Jake Pelka Geller Joseph Rutkin Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Lucky Wonderfish, Top Dog 23100, or 23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Charles Oz, Douglas Chomix, Andrew Maderos, Orem M, Phantom 23, Patrick Harrison, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzywig Hoyd, Flaming Highwayman, Sean Garrett, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, <laughs> Kyed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Master Links, Sean Davis, Deaneth, Jackson Jordan, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Ashish Joshi, Goron Amber, Straight Links, Hoobie, Wolf X Blake and Moon Macarons, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Synchro Lord, Brainchild. My mom. Hi, mom. Scuff 196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Wheezy Penguin, and finally, Anthony Wilson Jr. Thank you so, so much. And remember that you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gbgaming, where you can watch today's news tonight live and get access to our exclusive post show for as little as $5 a month. Thank you all so much for watching. If you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. And until next time, good night and good vibes. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Have a great weekend. Hell yeah.